Good morning, everyone. Good to be here with you. Um, just a quick little um, plug. I want to talk to you guys a little bit about the youth group, just kind of give you guys some heads up on what's been going on lately. Um, we've been having a good summer. We had 23 students help with VBS this, uh, this last um, VBS we most recently had, um, which is a great number because uh, that's the most all of the kids that I've met uh, that come regularly on Sunday. And so that's a very good number, I think. You don't find too many churches that have, you know, 90, what is that, 94% of their students <laughs> helping out with VBS or whatever. So that's a great, that's a great uh, attribute for you parents and to the students that they are willing to help. So I, I applaud you on that. Good job. Um, we, also had, we also had about 13 students um, that came to San Francisco with us recently. We went to a service project at the food bank in San Francisco, and we served there, and 13 students came with us there. Um, about 15 students um, came to an all-nighter we had right here at the church. And so we're starting to kind of build this uh, family atmosphere that I'm really hoping to, um, to work on. And Pastor Greg helped start that and kind of continue that from some other leaders that have been here. But um, we're really starting, I think, really see that come together. So I'm very excited about that. But there is one thing we're missing. Um, and unfortunately, I'm looking at that right now. It's you guys. I need some help. Um, we have, on average, on Sunday, about 25 youth that come into our youth service, um, and I'm the only one that's currently helping right now. And that's good for a time, but um, real soon I'm going to need some help. And so starting uh, July 22nd and 29th, I'm going to have two leader lunches. I'm going to have some opportunities for you guys to come. Um, you're all invited. If you're an adult, you're all invited to come. Um, it's going to be after the service, and I'd like you to come, and I just want to kind of lay out for you what I need in a leader, what I'm hoping to find in some leaders, and also kind of debunk some myths about what it takes to be a youth leader. Some people think you have to wear cool clothes, or you have to be young, or and just a heads up, it involves listening. <laughs> That's the main key, okay? Um, so I invite all of you to come to that. Some of you guys might get a personal invitation, because I've seen you, and, and I know you a little bit. Others of you, I might not know you yet, but you're still invited to come. And I'm going to provide a free lunch on top of that. So I'd encourage you to come um, a couple of Sundays from now, the 22nd and the 29th. Um, it'll be after church on Sunday, uh, and I'll have a lunch where I can just kind of lay out to you guys what I need in a leader and what I need some help. So I hope you guys think about that. If you're at all interested in helping with youth, please think about that those two Sundays. Um, and so that's that. So uh, let's pray before we start, and uh, we'll continue. God, thank you so much for this morning. Thank you for this opportunity to worship you and this place. And uh, God... So many of us are coming from different walks of life today, so many different mornings that we've had. We've, some of us have had a good morning, some of us are still waking up, some of us uh, not so good of a morning. Um, God, wherever we're coming from right now, would you help us to just quiet our hearts and our minds and all the agendas and all the things that we have to do? Um, God, would you help us just to listen to your word and listen to the story of you working through people? And God, would you just help communicate to our hearts individually um, and as a church body as well? God, we just pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. When I was in middle school, um, there was a lot of video game technology coming out, and uh, I really wanted a PlayStation. That was the one thing I wanted. I know there was like an N64, some of you guys know about that. Uh, that was also at about the same time, but I wanted a PlayStation for some reason. I really wanted a PlayStation. So one Christmas, when I was in about sixth or seventh grade, I asked my mom for PlayStation. I went all out. I said, Mom, I'll take one gift this Christmas, the PlayStation, come on, and maybe a few games, right? But <laughs> I said, I wanted this PlayStation. I wanted this more than anything else. And so I just kept asking, kept asking. And so as Christmas kind of got closer, I started thinking, hmm, I wonder if I got that PlayStation. And so eventually one day, um, kids, don't do this, but um, <laughs> don't do as I say. Do it, or do as I say, not as I do, right? Uh, <laughs> I went into my mom's room, and I thought, let's look around and see if she hid it somewhere. <laughs> and so I started looking around. I looked under the bed. I looked behind some things. And then I opened up the closet. Bada bing, boom, right there it was. And I was like, yes, I got the PlayStation. I was so excited. And 
then I kind of realized, oh, now it's not going to be a surprise and all those things. But I was so excited, I just thought about, oh, how many hours can I play this thing and, and all the games and all the fun and I'll play with my friends and all this fun that I was going to have. And I thought about how great it was going to be. But then I started to realize, how much did this cost my mom? Um, see, I don't know if you know, but my mom was a single parent, and she worked a full-time job, and she also sometimes was working a part-time job um, to kind of support us and take care of us. I was still in school, obviously, I wasn't working. And so she paid a lot of money for this PlayStation and probably sacrificed a lot, and it cost her a lot. But me being a middle school student, I didn't really think about that too much and didn't realize how much this good gift that my mom gave me really cost her. It cost her something. And it kind of started this idea that's kind of continued on the last few years about this idea that all gifts cost somebody something. Seems so simple, right? All gifts cost somebody something. But sometimes we don't really realize that. When we're given a gift, we don't tend to realize that it costs somebody something. Somebody had to pay money, somebody had to pay time, somebody had to pay their thoughtfulness, their energy to give us a gift. All gifts cost somebody something. And just think about a gift. It's not just Christmas or anniversaries or holidays or whatever. But gifts are just bigger than that. They're just something that's given, right? Anything that you give to somebody is a gift, whether it's maybe your attitude or maybe whether it's your energy, like I said, or, or just how you talk to people. It's a gift. You're giving it to somebody. And so there's a couple different gift-giving principles that I want to talk to you about today. There's two different principles I want to talk to you about, uh, and I want to talk to you about those for a couple different reasons. One, um, I looked it up, and Christmas is 169 days away. <laughs> and so some of you maybe are starting to prepare for that, right? The kids, you're hoping your parents are, yes. Oh, yeah, they're thinking about Christmas already. Yeah, great. Uh, so Christmas is coming. But also, for all of us here, we all give gifts. So this applies to all of us, because we all give gifts. We all have given a gift to somebody, whether um, some men are saying, yeah, but my wife just signs the card for me. I don't really get the gift. But, so we've all given gifts of some kind or another. Maybe it's not material, but we all give gifts, right? We've all given a gift to somebody. Whether it's to somebody younger than us, somebody older than us, somebody that we're friends with, somebody we're married to, our brother or sister, cousin, niece, nephew. We've all given gifts to somebody. Not just material, but also other kind of gifts as well. So today I want to talk to you about that. I want to talk to you about all gifts cost somebody something, and then I want to talk to you about two principles that kind of are based off of that. Um, so we're going, to, we're going to go over a Bible story that most of you know. Um, I'm going to give you some really kind of close encounters I've had with this, and then I want to give you some pretty specific applications at the end, okay? So we'll get to that at the end, okay? So if you want to turn to 2 Samuel, if you want to kind of follow along, I'm just going to kind of go briefly over the story of uh, this. So 2 Samuel chapter, uh, excuse me, chapter 11 through 13 and I'm going to kind of hit on chapter 12, verses 10 through 11. So you guys, most of you guys probably have heard this story, or if not, you've heard of David. David is this great character in the Bible who did amazing things. He killed a giant. Um, God led this small little man to be chosen out of uh, his brothers to become king of the, the nation of Israel, the big kingdom, the big nation in the Bible, right? And so David leads this nation, but he has some issues along the way. And one of these issues is in 2 Samuel. Uh, David is the king of everything, basically, at the time. He's, he's just ruling over um, the land. And so he sees, from his kingdom, he sees this beautiful woman that, that he sees from his palace. And he sees her and he wants her. And he's already married at the time, but he wants her. And so he takes her and he has some men go get her and they comes and they have an affair. And so most of you probably know that. David and Bathsheba, right? David and Bathsheba committed adultery and they had an affair. And so I'm not going to hit on that too much. I'm going to hit on kind of what happens after that. So in chapter uh, 11, we see that the affair happens. Um, David commits this sin. Um, but then in chapter 12, we learn about how David finds out about his gift that he gives. We find out what's going to happen with his gift and how it's going to affect people. So if you read in chapter, uh, chapter 12, verses 10 and 11, his friend Nathan has come to him and kind of told him, 
this is what's going to happen because of what you did. You messed up, and here's what's going to happen. Um, verse 10, I'm reading from the NIV just so you know. Um, now, therefore, the sword will never depart from your house because you despised me and took the wife of Uriah the Hittite to be your own. So because of what David did, the sword's never going to leave his family. There's going to be a lot of fighting and violence uh, in his family. And then verse 11, this is what the Lord says. Out of your own household, I'm going to bring calamity on you. That's some pretty big words, right? It's not just like, oh, David, your sin wasn't a big deal. Don't worry about it. It's not going to affect anybody. It's not going to hurt anybody. It's going to cause his family to be violent and have fighting forever. There's always going to be violence in his family because of this. Um, and then you read in verse, or chapter 13, you see the huge effects of David's sin. It starts to kind of play itself out, this violence and this action. It starts to play itself out. Um, David's sons get in a big fight. David, one of David's sons commits a huge, terrible sin. I'm not going to go into that right now. Commits a huge, terrible sin. And then one of the other, brother, or one of the other sons, his brother, kills him. And so he's running away and flees the area. He didn't want to get, um, you know, didn't want to have his uh, punishment given to him. And so this violence just ensues. Drama ensues. Some of you are like, well, well I thought my family was bad, but <laughs> this, is, this is pretty bad, right? And so family drama starts happening. All these bad things happen because of David's choice. David made one choice to commit adultery, and what happened after that, right? Amazing. All gifts cost somebody something, and bad gifts, this is the first principle, bad gifts cost the receiver something. Now think about that for a second, because most of you have probably received a gift, Christmas, birthday, whatever, you got the, you got the gift receipt, and you're like, I'm going to return that, because this, is, this isn't a good gift, and it cost you something. You had to take it back to the store and you know, do that whole exchange thing, stand in line. It cost you something, because it was a bad gift. That's true with some other things in our life as well. Our attitudes and, and how, what we do for other people and what people do to us, if it costs us something and they gave it to us, that's a bad gift. If you give a gift to somebody and it didn't cost you, it cost somebody else something, that's a bad gift, right? Um, when I was a, a young, young little kid, um, my grandpa was a big influence in my life. And he sat me down one day and he, uh, we were in his living room and I think we were probably putting a puzzle together. He loved puzzles. And so we were putting a puzzle together and he's kind of just started sharing about his childhood growing up. Uh, he grew up in a rural, small town community like I did in Illinois um, back in the 20s and 30s. And he started telling me about kind of his life and what it was like and kind of experiencing because I had no idea, right? I, you know, I was born in the 80s and way, life was way different back then. And so he started telling me about his life growing up and some of the things that happened and kind of what made him to be who he was. And he started telling me about this story of his mother and his father riding in a car together, my great-grandfather, great-grandmother. And they were riding in this car together and they were going down a, a country road and my great-grandfather drank a lot and he was a big alcoholic and he just he didn't know how to stop and so he was drinking that day he had drinking a lot and my great-grandmother was so sick and tired of it and she was probably getting abused too at the time my grandpa didn't really say specifically but probably um, probably was being abused verbally or physically um, and so you know what she did she jumped out of the moving car going about 40 or 50 miles an hour because she thought that was better than staying with her husband who was abusing her and was a drunk and was just treating her terribly. She thought it was better to jump out of a car than to stay with somebody that was being uh, mean to her, being abusive to her. That just stuck in my mind. I, I, as a little kid, I'm just like, what? You know, <laughs> that's amazing. Why would you do that? And so that taught me an interesting point that, she, that my, grandfather, my grandfather kept telling me and kind of reiterated to me. Um, that affected him. Um, his, his father was a drunk and that affected every aspect of their life because um, money's got to go to that, uh, time has got to go to that, um, taking attention away from the kids, all that kind of stuff, it affected my grandfather. And so it affected him not just with that, but when he, as he started growing up, he started realizing that uh, he wanted to try drinking. 
And so you know, probably know that story. And then it starts rolling and rolling. And then you got children that are alcoholics. Eventually, though, my grandfather did stop, thankfully. He only was a couple years into it. But it affected him. And then his brothers also started drinking. And then now I have some, uh, some uncles and, and uh, aunts that got involved in that as well. One choice for my great-grandfather to start drinking and to become an alcoholic and all, you know, all that goes into that big piece affected so many generations down. Some of you maybe have the same kind of story where a bad gift was given to you or given to your family or given to your parents or your great-grandparents and it still affects you to this day. Whether it's maybe some sort of abuse or it's, it's an addiction or it's a habit, it still affects you to this day. You still have consequences you can see in your life because of that. Bad gifts cost the receiver something. All gifts cost somebody something, right? Every gift that's ever been given costs somebody. But bad gifts cost the person that receives it something. That just hurts sometimes. That just like, kind of takes the wind right out of us. Uh, Numbers chapter 14, if you want to turn there. Numbers chapter 14, verse 18, kind of helps um, us understand this idea that David's, the thing David learned and my family saw and probably your family has seen as well. Um, verse 18 says this, The Lord is slow to anger and filled with unfailing love, forgiving every kind of sin and re rebellion, but, big word, but, he does not excuse the guilty. He lays the sins of the parents upon their children. The entire family is affected. The entire family is affected. I'm reading from the NLT. I don't know if that's what we're showing right now, but the NLT. The entire family is affected, even the children in the third and fourth generation. We've seen this, right? Great-grandparents or great-great-grandparents, and this, the, the issue is still there, right? Your sin doesn't just stay with you, unfortunately. We sometimes like to think that. We like to try to kid ourselves. When we make a bad choice or we give a bad gift, we think, well, we just gave it to ourselves or it just affects me. It doesn't affect anybody else. It's just me. But we know that's not true. We've all seen it happen where our choices affect somebody else. It doesn't just affect us. It'll affect maybe our friends or it'll affect, if we have kids, our kids. Or if we are kids, it'll affect our friends. It'll affect our schoolwork. It'll affect our relationship with our parents. It'll affect us at work. It'll affect us everywhere, right? Our sin doesn't just affect us. If it did, that would be maybe okay or manageable, right? But it doesn't just affect us. Our sin, our bad choices, our bad gifts affect other people, and it costs other people something. It costs those that we give it to, and that's a bad gift, right? That's a bad gift. Um, so let me ask you this. When you receive a Christmas present or birthday present, do you want to have to pay for that gift? Do you want to have to pay for that? Well, we'd all say no, right? We don't want to pay for a gift that somebody's given us. So are you paying the cost for the gifts you're giving to people, or are they paying the cost for the gifts that you're giving to them? Bad gifts cost the receiver something. The second, uh, second main principle that I want to talk about gift giving is that good gifts cost the giver something, right? They cost the giver something. Um, and if you've ever given a gift, you know that, right? I talked about it already. If you've ever given a good gift with mo hopefully all of you, <laughs> hopefully all of you have, if you'd like to start, you can give me a good gift if that would be some way to kind of start. But we've all given good gifts where we've given our time. It took us a lot of time to go and look for something that we really wanted to buy our spouse or our friend or our mother or father. It took us a lot of time or it cost us a lot of money. Some of us have given a lot of money to a gift that, man, it was a great gift. It turned out well because we took and it cost us something, right? Um, some of you, it took your thoughtfulness. You had to make something or you had to create something and you had to think about how can I put this together, whatever. It cost us something, right? The giver, was, the giver was the one that had to pay. And obviously the ultimate example of this, to kind of give a biblical example, is Jesus, right? And our Heavenly Father. We just sang the song about, I'll never know how much it cost to see my sin upon the cross. God sent His Son from heaven. Think about this. You all have heard this story probably. You all heard this idea. God sent His Son from heaven down to earth not just so that he could live a regular life and ha go along and have a great life, but so that he could come down to earth and be abused, be accused falsely, to be beaten, and to be crucified for you. 
He gave a gift to all of us, and it cost him greatly. It cost him his son. Romans chapter 6, 23 says this, For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. This gift is offered to us freely, but it wasn't, wasn't free for the person who paid for it, right? God paid for that gift, and it cost him greatly. It cost him his son. Um, part of the advantage of being a pastor and being able to preach on Sundays is that I can come up here and talk in front of you and brag about certain people. <laughs> and I want to brag about my wife a little bit. Um, about two years ago, almost exactly this month, we were scheduled to go to a trip to the Philippines. And so we were real excited about it. We had planned the trip out with uh, her parents, and we're going to go with her family about you know, six months to a year maybe in advance. And so we had been planning this trip and scheduling it and figuring out how we were going to go and all that stuff. And so uh, before that, a couple months before that, um, Kimberly got pregnant. And so we're like, yay, and all that, excited. And didn't really think too much about the Philippines trip. You're like, oh, okay, you know, she's pregnant, whatever. Um, and then we, as we started getting closer, we started remembering some of the things we'd been reading because Kimberly is amazing at like going through and like researching something. She'll read all the different um, articles about it. She'll read books on it. If I could only show you the stacks of books she's read just from the, last, the first year of Brayden's life. <laughs> but she just has read and she's researched. She finds the right products and all that stuff. And she also will ask doctors tons of questions. When we go to the doctor, there's just a list of questions that we ask to make sure that we're doing what we need to do. And so we started remembering some of these things we had been reading that there's some food that you shouldn't eat when you're pregnant, right? There's some things that are just like, eh, they're not sure if it really causes problems, but we're just not sure, so you shouldn't eat it, right? You should stay away from it. And unfortunately, some of that's fish and other meat kind of products that, um, that, she, that my wife loves. And so as we're going to the Philippines, she started realizing, oh man, there's a lot of things that I want to eat in the Philippines that I really can't eat. Um, because I shouldn't eat because it might affect the baby. And so she started realizing this. And so she had to make a choice at some point where she said, okay, I'm not going to eat that, even though this is like the first time she's ever been to the Philippines. Um, I'm just not going to eat this stuff, even though it's probably really good and it's made you know, fresh and all that stuff. I can't, I can't eat it because I don't want it to affect my child. My wife made a great decision early on to give a gift to my son of a great start to his life, you know, physically, to not have to worry about any of that other stuff. She gave a gift to my son, and it cost her something. It cost her that opportunity to have this great, amazing food that she was looking forward to for some time. And so that's so much of parenting, right? So much of parenting is saying, I'm going to pay the cost for my son or daughter to be able to do something, to be able to experience something, or to be able to learn something. I'm going to pay the cost. That's not always money, or that's not always with that, but just taking the patience or taking the time to, to pay the cost for somebody. Good gifts cost the giver something. Um, so if you aren't willing to pay the cost for a gift, it's probably not a bad gift, right? If you're going to give a gift to somebody and you're not willing to pay the cost, it's probably a bad gift. It's not a good gift. Um, and so all gifts cost somebody something, right? Um, bad gifts cost the receiver something, and good gifts cost the giver something. Um, and so I'll, this came to really kind of all came together for me in a sermon kind of piece. About last year, the same time, you know, Pastor Gray was just talking about camp. Last year I was at middle school camp, and it's obviously a great time to get to know God and everything. But I had this opportunity to pray with two students. And I just kind of saw this principle just come right in. I was praying with two students, and they were, you know, crying, and um, they, were, they went up to the altar kind of to pray or whatever. And I went up to pray with them, just kind of help them and say, you know, how can I help you? How can I pray for you? And they kind of started sharing with me this story. And both of these students, at the, you know, on the same day, same time, they started sharing with me about the cost that they had been paying. Their parents had given them a terrible gift, and they were paying the cost for it with tears, with sadness, with heartache, with pain, with suffering. Their parents, one of them, one of the kids, their parents were about ready to get divorced, and it was just tearing the kids up. The, the kid, his, his, himself and his siblings were just, they were heartbroken over it. They you know, thought the parents were always going to stay together, you know, kind of that typical thing. They, why would they get divorced, all that? And it just caused tons of heartache and, and sorrow in their life. 
And the other kid, uh, he was dealing with his father going to jail for probably a long time because of some legal issues that he had been dealing with and some choices, some very bad choices that he had made. And so now his father was going to be out of his life and he was going to be with his mom and you know, the whole deal of financial support and being able to take care of a family. That was weighing on this little kid. And I started realizing, man, these kids are paying the cost for a gift that they didn't even, it wasn't even theirs. Somebody else gave it to them. They're paying the cost for this gift that their parents had given them. And as a youth pastor, I come at it from two angles. I come at it seeing, one, uh, the context of students making stupid choices that affect other people. And I've seen it time and time again. And two, unfortunately, parents, I see it from parents giving their ba kids bad gifts and costing them greatly. So, are you willing to pay the cost for your gift? Uh, what I want to do in the next few minutes is kind of be painfully specific um, about some of these things. Um, I want to give you some just tangible things to think about um, as we think about are we giving good gifts or are we giving bad gifts? Are we paying the cost or is somebody else paying the cost of the gifts that we give? Um, and, and keep in mind, all of you, I, this, isn't, this is meant to be encouraging. I hope that some of you can see how you can change a bad gift and make it into a good gift by simply just paying the cost for something. Not just financially, not just with your time, but some other way that you might need to pay the cost for something and make it good. If you simply do that, it becomes a good gift, right? Um, and so parents, I want to start with you, and I want you to know I'm your biggest cheerleader, but let's, let's just get a little bit specific and let's kind of talk about some things, think through some things. Some of you parents maybe have never dealt with some of the issues you had as a kid that some gifts that people, your parents gave you or your grandparents gave you, they were bad gifts. Abuse or anger or yelling, you picked up on that and you've seen that and that's never left you. That's stuck with you. And it's a bad gift that you've received. And you've paid the cost for that for far too long and now it's probably affecting your parenting of your kids. Have you dealt with that? Have you paid the cost for that by maybe going to counseling, getting some help, talking to some friends? Have you paid the cost for that? Have you been willing to say, I need to deal with this, this isn't gonna continue any longer? We read in the Bible, to the third and fourth generation, some of these things happen. Are you willing to pay the cost to stop that? Some of you, parents, do, you get, do your kids know what a family of love and respect and support and encouragement is? Some of you maybe need to kind of work on that and pay the cost of, that's going to take time, that's going to take effort. Oh man, I'm only in my first year and a half of parenting and oh my, <laughs> it takes a lot of work and my kid's just small. Some of you are parents for 18, 20, 30 years, I don't know. And you know how much time and energy it can take to just to create an atmosphere of love and support in a family. I want to encourage you to continue to do that. Some of you maybe have lacked off a little bit and you've, uh, you've gotten a little stressed or work's been whatever. Are you paying the cost to make that happen? Because it does take a lot of energy and time to do that. Some of you maybe need to help your kids take on the idea of learning responsibility and, and understanding how to take care of themselves. And you just kind of let them do it. You've done it for them. You've taken care of them. And some of you maybe just need to pay the cost to say, I'm going to let them do it. They need to learn that. For others of you, maybe it's the opposite. You push your kids too much. And they just, they do everything. And so maybe you need to pay the cost and say, okay, let's slack back on this. They're just kids, right? There's kind of two sides to that. Which cost are you paying? Are you willing to pay? I got a kind of a list here. I'm just going to kind of go through. Some of you parents, unfortunately, um, there, was some, there was some movies that just came out recently, and there's some books and some just media stuff that just is appalling to me as a youth pastor that, um, that kids are flocking to the theaters to see some of this. Some of you parents, maybe you need to take control and say, I'm going to pay the cost for my kid, and I'm going to make sure I know what they're watching before they watch it. I'm going to make sure I know what the lyrics are to the songs that they're putting in their iPods, their iPhones. Some of you need to pay the cost for your kids so that they don't put in a whole bunch of junk into their heads and, and see what that, how that affects them. Some of you need to pay that cost as parents. 
Some of you maybe need to pay out the cost to work on your marriage with your spouse. The fighting and the, the bickering, your kids are seeing that and it's affecting them. They're the ones that are paying the cost for that. Maybe now it's time for some of you to pay the cost for that and to go get some help, get some counseling. Marriage counseling, it's probably for everybody. <laughs> and we can all probably have a little marriage help at some time. Maybe that's some of you, you need to take that step. Some of you aunts and uncles maybe can take some of these same steps. You need to help out in some ways and you've not been stepping up as much as you should and it's costing your nieces and nephews or your uh, cousins or whoever that you have a big influence over. Maybe you need to pay the cost for some of these things. Okay, teens, let's talk. I talked to some of these teens about some of these kind of things already, but um, whether you believe it or not, how you live your life now will affect your future. <laughs> and you might not agree with that right now, but it will. And the rest of us that are older than you will attest to that, right? How we lived our life as a teen did affect our current life and affected how we got to where we were. Pay the cost now to get good grades. Pay the cost now to get to get good friends, to have good friends, to, to get rid of bad friends that are going to drag you down and pull you to places you don't want to go. Your friends will lead you to where you're going to go. They are a great indicator of your future by the kind of friends you have. Pay the cost to say, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get made fun of for hanging out with different people now, but I'm going to pay the cost for that. Are you willing to pay the cost for that? For your future children that are way down the road, right? <laughs> but for your future, pay the cost for that now. Um, some of you need to pay the cost to just spend some more time and, and energy in your homework or spend the cost of just not doing other things that you need to do, kids, students, right? Pay the cost for that. Um, all of us, all of us now, thinking about our relationships with friends, some of us need to pay the cost to just listen to people instead of talking and blabbering. When our friend comes and talks to us, sometimes we just want to chat, chat, chat back and tell them what they need to do. Sometimes we need to pay the cost of actually listening, and that's hard, right? Sometimes that's hard to just listen to somebody when they're trying to tell us something and just hear them out. Some of us need to pay the cost for that. Some of us need to actually schedule our appointments and not just let it go and then somebody was waiting for us and we didn't schedule it. I've dealt with that myself and I have to put something in my phone every time so that I'm not having somebody else pay the cost for my mistake. Something simple like that. What do you need to pay the cost with with your friends, with the people that you care about, your coworkers? How can you pay the cost for things instead of them always paying the cost for it? Um, spiritually, some of us need to just step up our, our spiritual commitment to God. We hear about and sing the songs about how great God is and all that God's done for us, but is that really affecting our lives? Are we paying a cost for that? Are we saying, okay, I need to spend more time in my Bible. I need to spend more time praying. I need to get up earlier. I need to go to bed earlier, whatever it is. I need to pay a cost because Jesus paid a very high cost for us. Are we willing to pay that cost as well? Are we willing to give a good gift in return? So in just a second, um, we're going to have the musicians come back up and we're going to take communion. And that's kind of what I think is uh, maybe a good response to this message of the gift. Um, all gifts cost somebody something, and bad gifts cost the receiver. Good gifts cost the giver. And so I want us to think about the gift that Jesus has given us. Jesus has given us this amazing gift that was free to us. It didn't cost us anything, right? But it cost him amazingly. And so as we kind of take communion here and as we receive the elements and, and re remember Jesus dying on the cross for us, I want us to think about how can we give gifts to other people? How can we give as good of gifts, maybe not really, but think about trying to give as good of gifts as what Jesus has given to us. That's the ultimate way to live out your Christianity, right? To give other people gifts that cost you something because that's what Jesus has done for us. So let me pray for us and then we'll, we'll take communion here in just a little bit. God, thank you so much um, for your word. Thank you for being able to learn from these stories of other people in the Bible and learning from their mistakes. And that's a lot of what the Bible's filled with, is just people's mistakes and how they learn from them, and unfortunately, a lot of times, how it affected other people. So God, as we take communion in just a little bit, um, would you help us to see the, the effects that we've had on other people? Some of us as parents, we've, we've cost our kids a lot of things, and we haven't paid the cost ourselves. 
Some of us as kids have cost our parents a lot, not just with school and, and other money things, but we've cost our parents stress and worrying about us because we've made stupid choices. The gifts we give them are bad. The rest of us, maybe we just make, um, we've made some bad choices and we've cost our family or our friends because of our bad choices, because of our gifts that we've given. God, would you help us to remember the good gift that you gave us? It cost you so much to send Jesus to this earth. It cost Jesus so much to suffer and die and be accused falsely of things when he really was a son of God. God, help us, to, help us to think about the good gifts that we can give also. God, may we ask for forgiveness of those bad gifts that we've given. May we, may we uh, seek uh, to re reconcile relationships that need to be fixed because of that pain and suffering that we've caused. But God, may we also make a point from this moment forward to give good gifts to people. That we're willing to pay the cost for this, though it might cost us something, in the moment where we say, am I going to pay that extra little bit to make this a great gift? Or am I going to make them pay for it? God, would you help us to choose to pay the cost ourselves with our time, with our energy, um, with our money sometimes, with our thoughtfulness. God, would you help us to pay the cost for the good gifts that we give people? May our lives reflect you in such a way that we give so many good gifts to people that it points to you, God, that you give the ultimate good gift. God, help us as we take these elements. May they, uh, may they just remind us of this principle, God, that all gifts cost somebody something. May we be willing to pay the cost. In Jesus' name, amen.